Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Good morning, Mr. Benny Mathers. Hello. How are you today? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Yeah. Happy Thursday. It's a, I think it's going to be beautiful. I don't know. You I'm think? Kind of outside. Oh, there's no <laughs> thinking. It will be positivity. Okay, good. Yes. Good. <laughs> And I feel like I need to just, you know, say something about Tina Turner mm. and oh my goodness. Yeah. Thank you, Tina. Wow. The what queen. a legend, what a goddess. Yep, the, the queen, queen of the rock best. and roll. Yep. She passed away uh, at 83, left a nice and amazing legacy. And um, really her career started a little bit later than most, but it left with a punch. And I like that. Yeah. Too, so yeah. Yeah. There's, um, some people that for me just I don't know they're just it and she was it for me mm -hmm. so I'm like wow yeah so yeah. anyway she's an angel now yeah and and she can uh she just keep rock and rolling up there she can keep you know? dancing it's gonna be a big party she can keep dancing yeah, <laughs> exactly so anyway um yeah there it is here we are and we're almost at the end of May I can't believe it June's gonna come up in a minute. So I am Loretta Brown, and I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area. I have a couple of things coming up. If you have wanted to study Reiki, I have a Reiki 1 class coming up Saturday, June 10th, and we will be doing it in person at Reiki Oasis. Please sign up. It's limited space. It's I always just do small little intimate classes, um, lots of hands-on for that, but I think everybody should do Reiki one, even kids should do Reiki one and uh, get introduced into that beautiful world of energy and healing and just this idea that we are more than our bodies. And then on the first Sunday of every month, I have Sunday meditation with Loretta at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you cannot join me at that time, just sign up. Um, I do it via Zoom, but everybody that signs up receives a recording of the meditation. You can listen to it over and over again. And then, yes, it's true. I'm going back to Egypt in in November, November 1 through the 14. If you want to go on a sacred magical trip to Egypt, send an email to me at reikioasis at gmail.com. I've been doing these sacred trips for years. And of course, I lived in the Middle East for nine years. So guess what? Yeah, it's kind of fun. A little bit of astrology check-in. So Saturn uh, moved into Pisces for the first time in almost 28 years earlier this year. And now May 27th to the 29th is creating a square with the sun, bringing potentially challenging energy. Like we haven't had any of that, huh? And with this cosmic alignment, we're invited to step up to the plate and conquer those challenges we may have been putting off or that we know are going to help launch us to the next level. Sometimes we procrastinate things or we put them off or we just are like, oh, maybe I'll do that another day. Now is the time. We can also observe with more clarity what themes Saturn in Pisces may be encouraging us to look at. And I just want to say we had a grand fixed cross in the sky last week. I talked about it. And, um, I don't feel like it's over. I think the energies of these things, to include the eclipses, are going to be with us for at least the next six months. 
And these energies are a little bit problematic. So if you've been feeling a little bit emotional, kind of just sort of off center, maybe really tired, um, or you're finally at that place in your life where you're ready to jump or you're almost ready to jump, then guess what? You are on planet Earth. And that's what's going on. So we're always moving forward with something. On May 29th through the 31st, the sun aligns with the royal star, Aldebaran, activating a high-frequency energy portal called the Aldebaran Gateway. That sounds fantastic. Don't you want to go on an adventure and do something different? Some astrologers refer to this as the Silver Gate Portal. Hmm. Silvergate portal. Interesting. This portal beams down energy that can sharpen our minds, deepen our intuition, and increase our wisdom. Aldebaran is also said to be the resting place for souls right before they reincarnate back on Earth. In this resting place, the soul has a chance to reflect on why it is coming to Earth and the lessons it will obtain. We can channel this space by connecting with our higher self and soul contract and remembering every experience is a lesson. Man, I got to tell you, that's such a beautiful timing for my guest today. So over the last couple of years, many people have experienced grief and loss in one form or another. The overwhelming anxiety, fear, and depression surrounding grief and loss can keep a person stuck in negative patterns that affect their entire life. And with some people, uh, they experience deeper levels of these patterns, such as addictions and substance abuse. However, more and more people are reporting to have had a spiritual experience that has transformed their lives for the better. I sometimes say grief and loss is the greatest initiation, and it can take us to interesting places. So my guest today, Reverend Karen E. Herrick, is the author of Psychology of the Soul and the Paranormal. Fascinating book. She completed her master's degree at Rutgers University in social work, her PhD at Union Institute and uh, uh, Institute and University. She's the founder of the Center for Children of Alcoholics. She's shared her clinical expertise for 30 years in private practice by lecturing on dysfunctional, addictive homes, dissociation, grief, and loss from a Jungian perspective. Her decades of research consist of paranormal experiences that have been widely reported and appear to be fairly common. Hmm. We'll see. And these phenomena have been the subject of a cyclical research for a, well over a century. The existence is relatively well established. And she's currently researching the potential benefits of mediumship, knowing that grief is primarily resolved when the bereaved can recognize the continuing spiritual bonds with the deceased. Uh, Dr. Karen Herrick, I am so excited to have you on the show. What great timing. Wow. <laughs> I love all the things you're interested in. It's a perfect uh, match. It's perfect. And then I was going, yeah, the Royal Star Aldebaran with a soul's rest before they come in. I went, oh, well, yes, of course, because Dr. Karen Herrick is going to be on the show and the souls are like, what's she going to say? What's going on? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, welcome. I read your book. I loved it. Really, really oh, interesting. And Thank and you. I, 
I just got to say this right out the right out the door. I really think that this uh, connection between psychology and the paranormal. Um, I'm really glad you're doing that work. I think it's needed to be done for such a long time, and um, kind of taking a look at that. And um, I do want you to get into your your story, but this question is is a burning question in my mind because I kind of get asked it all the time, and I kind of run into it a lot. And so I'm just going to jump in here and then we're going to get more about your story. But how do you tell the difference? And and this is really for all the listeners. How do you tell the difference between what I call a true a paranormal or psychic phenomena and 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 psychoses? Right. Because my joke is psychic and psycho psychotic. Right? <laughs> so close together, those words. <laughs> they are. Yes. And the yeah. behavior and the behavior is also. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the main way that we tell a difference is that um, the person telling you the story about their spiritual experience, if it is a spiritual experience, they can go in and out of the story at any time. And then over time, months and months, years later, they have the same story. It doesn't change. Whereas if somebody is in in psychosis at the moment, um, they're just rambling and they can't go in and out. They don't give you the same story. That's That's the biggest one. And then also a spiritual experience humbles you. Even if you don't understand what happened, you know that you've just connected to something wonderful and bigger than you and um, maybe, you know, showed you there was a God or a higher intelligence. And you know that even though you haven't figured it out yet. So you're humbled by it. Whereas somebody in psychosis is very grandiose and they're bragging about talking to Christ or Buddha and, um, and, and it just rambles. Uh, so yeah, the grandiosity yeah. is we save that for psychosis. And um, and the other one, we're trying to figure it out. You know, what did happen? Because we don't have religions that say, you know, at some point in your life, you're going to feel one of these things and maybe see an angel or see your deceased mother in your bedroom. Or we don't have anything that says to our ego, that's OK. It's OK. And it's going to be a real opening, like you're saying. Um, and many times grief does that because people are so missing their loved one that they can connect at that time. So I hope yeah. that answers the question. That's a great answer. Um, I have ran into that where, like you say, people are like, oh, you know, I've been talking to Christ and, and this ego grandiose thing. And my instinct has always been, no, I don't think so. Not so much. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, uh, uh, Karen, uh, uh, can I call you Karen? Uh, I wanna, uh, thank you. Yeah, I just that way. Uh, <laughs> would you please tell us how you got into what you're doing? Well, it, it's been a lifelong journey. Um, I, I came into this world um, in upstate New York. I had an alcoholic father and a mother who didn't drive, and we lived in the country. So it was a very simple life. And um, I watched my mother and I thought to myself when I was around 10 or 11, if I ever marry an alcoholic, I'm not staying. And so that kind of was my um, mantra. And then whatever my mother did, most of it, I wasn't going to do. <laughs> uh, so whenever in, in my in my life I saw that happening, I ran to a therapist. <laughs> and um, so I've been married and divorced twice. And the first time I married my high school sweetheart. And we had two, two girls and uh, moved to California. Now in California, they do um, psychic shows, and maybe Oregon is the same. 
at least when I lived there, every weekend there was something fun to do and um, you get your cards read or, you know. So I did that kind of stuff, read Shirley MacLaine and uh, would lock myself in the bathroom sometimes, just read for 30 minutes. And um, I was always interested in it. Then when I decided that I was married to an alcoholic and I did have to leave, um, that's when I decided I had to get educated or finish my education. And I went back to college and got a bachelor's in art with art therapy and then master's degree. And then um, different things started happening. I, I started getting these clients that had different types of experiences they would explain that didn't seem like my, my, my friends that were therapists were getting these kinds of stories. But then I was working with people from alcoholic or drug addicted homes. And um, it's been found that they um, suffer more trauma in their life. And so they have the ability to disassociate quicker. And so that gives you the ability as a, an adult to do the same thing. So if you're on a cardiac table, you're going to disassociate easier than a, a person who was raised, it wasn't raised in trauma and dysfunction. Um, and then, um, so that's what happened. They had all these different experiences. That's why I was getting them, because that was the population that I wanted to work with. Um, then I had a spiritual experience where I felt a breath come through me that wasn't mine. And that was during holotropic breath work with Stan Groff. I don't know if you've ever heard of Stan him. Stan Groff, yeah. Yes. And um, so he was doing experiments at a hospital in Maryland uh, using LSD and, and having people go to an altered state. And then that got to be a no-no, you can't use LSD. So he, yeah. he made up this or created this um, uh, process where you lay down and he uh, would, they would play music that activated your chakra system. Now that's an invisible system of energy that runs up your spinal column. If you know Reiki, you know that. And um, so you would lay down. Uh, so this was a, a five day program that I went to one summer when my daughter, um, I had three daughters then, and my last daughter was going to sleepaway camp and I was going to be free and it worked out. So I went and I'm driving to Connecticut thinking, why am I doing this? I could be home alone and enjoying myself with the house. And um, anyway, I got there and there was this lady and she's looking at this tree and she's saying something like, I think I was a tree like this in my past life. Now, <laughs> I'm just your normie kind of social worker, right? With addiction. So it makes me a little different. But I thought, oh God, what have I done? You know? And so anyway, it was at a former nunnery. So the nun said, Would you like to go to your room? You're a little early, take a nap. And I said, sure. So she said, You're going to be in the lion's wing. So I saw L-I-O-N-S. And um, so I got my stuff and we went and it was the Lions L-Y-O-N-S, which is one of my great-great-grandmother's maiden names. So I thought, okay, you know, maybe I'm supposed to be here. And so then it was all instruction on Jungian psychology, which, and, and transpersonal psychology. Transpersonal psychology believes in any psychology that has been created. And if it works for you, we'll use it. And it includes Jungian, which a lot of other people don't include. Um, so I was taught about reincarnation and just different things that opened my mind. And then on Wednesday, we were to lay down and breathe to music according to this Stan Groff method. And everybody, there's 21 of us, 18 of them had done it before. So um, I asked just to do it first, um, have my partner go second. I said, I don't want to see it. I just want to experience it. 
So we're told they did a meditation. Um, don't think, just breathe. Now, that was the first time in my life I've been told not to think because that's our survival skill, right? So anyway, I laid down and I mean, I'm doing this, so I'm breathing. And and then all, and it's wonderful. You're feeling all these great things in your body. And I wish they had videoed, videoed it. But anyway, and then all of a sudden, I pull my legs up in the birthing position. And and I, I just laid there for a while. And then I felt this breath come into my body and go out my mouth. And so my thought was, well, you're a channel. And that's what I think we all are, right? So anyway, don't think, just breathe. So then I'm thinking, whose breath is that? That's not my breath. It was very strong. And I, but we, just, I just laid there and we breathed for a while. And then, and it, then things got chaotic. And um, I asked my partner to push on my feet and he didn't do it right, whatever that meant. And then the, the uh, trainers came over. One guy got behind me and said, hold my wrist and push. And the other guy pushed on my feet. And I pushed and I pushed and I pushed. Uh, and then the thought was, where was my, where's my mother? And I thought, why am I thinking that? Don't think, just breathe. I just kept breathing. And then it was over. Now, what I had experienced was my original birth coming in here to earth. And I, it is a struggle. <laughs> it's got to be a, a lot easier to, to go to the other side, to die. Um, and then I stood up and I knew there was a God. And I knew I was a, um, attached to all these strange people. and that we were all connected and I knew we were all connected to everybody on earth. And it was wonderful, you know, this awe and this, I just felt beautiful. And so then you weren't supposed to talk to anybody. You go in the other room and um, you draw a picture in a circle, which is a mandala, which is a Jungian drawing. And it's supposed to contain what happened to you. So I drew a flower and grass and the sun and you know, it was just like nature. And then we went to lunch. So I thought this had taken about 20 minutes. It took about three to four hours that I was on the on the floor. Uh, so you lost time and space. And so you, you left, you went to another, you know, another uh, dimension. And, um, but I didn't know any of that then. I just went to lunch and then we came back, I got in a circle and everybody was supposed to explain their drawings. So I listened carefully and nobody had a breath come in to their body so I didn't mention that part and then the professor said well you had a rebirth that's a rebirth drawing and I said oh okay that was it and then that night everybody went out for pizza and uh, to a movie in town I thought oh no I'm not leaving here I there I was you know I was still kind of returning you know and uh, and then by Saturday, I had to lead some people to go to Newark Airport. I thought, you better get it together, Herrick, and then you'll figure out what happened. And so I did after reading and researching. And then I started to really get interesting stories from people that came in. And I thought, if I had this happen and they had that happen, other people are having this, right? And nobody's talking about it. And then one of the things I realized was, what I had learned at that conference and many other conferences was that William James, the father of American psychology, he had he and his wife had lost a toddler child, a little boy, and his mother his mother wanted to know where he was, so she went to mediums, and then she dragged her husband along, and then he had his favorite medium, and he and his friends start studying mediumship. Well, that was never 
talked in psychology, talked about in psychology, which I thought, well, that isn't fair. That was a big part of him. And then Carl Jung, his mother was psychic, so she was a medium. His grandfather had a had a his first wife was deceased, and he would sit at lunch with his second wife, and they would talk to her. So Carl Jung saw all this, and he was interested in all these different levels of consciousness and and you know what happened. And uh, so I thought, well, that's not fair that people don't know this. I mean, they've got to be mediums walking around for years thinking they're crazy. And if they had known there's two psychologists that are your really psychological ancestors that really cared about what was happening to you, wouldn't that be wonderful? So that's when I decided to get a doctorate and uh, it was in philosophy, but um, my thesis is naming spiritual experiences. So that's what I studied and I ran groups, spirituality groups, and I just got more and more immersed in this. And then when people came in chronic grief and they weren't getting better, I was then suggesting they go to a medium to know that their deceased person is still there on a spiritual level. They can't talk to you, but they can send you thoughts. And um, you need to know that. And you need to release this guilt that you don't think you have, but that's what's holding you back and making you feel so guilty that they oh. died first, you know? So um, that's a long explanation, but that's what happened. <laughs> I love your story so much. Um, you know, there's so many pieces in that, but this holotropic breath work, um, you know, I know other people that have done that type of work and it, it's really changed them. I love the fact that you went in without any preconceived ideas of what was going to happen or really what it was all about, because I think that's the best way to experience something, right? You knew that you had no influence over what was going on. You just were having this experience. Yes. When this breath came in or it was breathing you, or I don't know how you want to say it. Um, and I, I'm just going to say this, by the way, I've had spiritual experiences, which really launched me into what I'm doing now, which is that same sort of a thing uh, that you were describing earlier, where you you come back with some unexplained thing and you just know there's a God, you know you're connected. And there is this humbleness, humility, right? This enormous humbleness. And um, so for me, I mean, everything you're saying are the markers of, of a real event. When the, and, and I also know this, like I still, <laughs> you know, 25 years later, I'm trying to figure that out, right? 30 years later, what was that that happened, right? But it, it affects your lives in, in, in a really interesting way. Um, what is your explanation of what that breath was or is? Oh, I think it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I think the Holy Spirit is in charge of spiritual experiences. <laughs> <laughs> is that why they're called the Holy Spirit? I love that. <laughs> I, I, I think so. And because that yeah. breath was strong. I mean, wow. What a great experience. I could also tell why you were, I, I love you telling that story, by the way. You probably tell it a lot, but thank you because it's alive and it's vital and I can feel it. Um, I, I just thank you for sharing that. I kind of think it lays the proper groundwork for everything. And then um, launching you into the, the stories about Young. I didn't actually know that 
um, I didn't know those stories. You know, I've done a lot of studies of psychology, but um, that to me is fascinating. And yeah, why why is that left out? That should be in there for sure. Yeah, it's absolutely. like the elephant in the living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and I have taken so many Jungian courses. You have no idea. And there's never <laughs> been a no, course on mediumship. Never. Yeah. And so it's the elephant <laughs> in the room. They don't discuss it. And um, and his thesis was for two years. He went every Tuesday to a medium and he wrote down what was happening. And he didn't say the medium was his cousin. And um, and then he gave his thesis um, and um, he, he talked about he have, had studied her. And then years later, he studied some uh, male mediums and female mediums and um, and wrote about that. So I have his, you know, 22 volumes of his collected works, which I bought on sale at, at the Jungian Institute. It was it was a whim. And um, I am so glad I have it because I can always look up in the index as to what he said. You are putting all that together for us. Uh, regular people out here, aren't you? <laughs> That's what I want to do because yeah. I mean, and, and so many people say they didn't understand him. And um, well, of course not because part, part of the, what he was explaining was clairvoyant material and you have to believe in clairvoyant material, you know, like things that um, like going to a medium or seeing a deceased person. When you're in the clairvoyant atmosphere, you're in the now and you're just experiencing it, right? Now, you and I are talking about the metaphysical system of the sensory reality where there's just past, present, and future, and we're just here in our materialistic world. So that's number one. That's where we live. But nobody's told these other people that there's a clairvoyant world where different things happen to you and and you can't explain them and no religion explains them and so then oh my god i must be crazy you don't have to be crazy so i'm not going to tell anybody and then the positiveness of all that you know gets lost like your mind and your heart connected that's a wonderful thing where you just know right yeah. and that's clairvoyant so then there's also the third reality is the transpsychic reality where miracles happen. And there's one study that 55% uh, of these doctors said they saw miracles. Um, and yes, they happen. Now, wouldn't that be great to be on, you know, the six o'clock news? Yeah, I would love yeah, that. I, love that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you should just, you know, do a show and keep talking about all these experiences. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting that, um, number one, uh, a lot of people do experience these things. And you point out, I think in your book, and, and I've had this experience too, where I will have people come see me and they'll go, um, Loretta, I got to tell you something. And I've never told anybody. And it is this experience, like, you know, my mom passed away and then I saw her standing in the hall. I've never told anybody. Right. right. Or I've had this other thing go on. Right. Um, so yeah, there is this, there's this, um, thing where people are not sure that it's okay to come forward and talk about it. And is it real? Is it not real? Am I crazy? Is this really happening? So, uh, hold your thought. Cause I know you have a lot to say on that. And we're going to take a station break. Um, uh, this is Loretta Brown, my guest today, Reverend Dr. Reverend Karen Herrick and psychology of the soul and the paranormal, um, I really recommend you just get her book and, and 
and check out her website. She's got some great information. Uh, we're going to take a little station break, and we'll be right back. Runners, to your mark. Set. Some may see a sprinter. At the NFHS, we see a future leader already off to the races. Some may see a volleyball player. One hit! Way to go, girls! At the NFHS, we see a spike in confidence that will help her achieve her potential. What else do we see? Musicians learning to march to their own beat. We're the NFHS, the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and activities in America, helping today's teenagers develop the skills they need to become tomorrow's leaders. And we see it happening in communities across Washington every single day. Learn more about the NFHS commitment to youth at NFHS.org. This message presented by the NFHS, the National Federation of State High School Associations. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Woohoo, Benny, thank you for Tina Turner. Love, 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 love. Rest in peace, dear goddess, wonderful Tina Turner, always and forever. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show. And I am Loretta Brown. Guess guess what? <laughs> it's my show. Guess that's how that works. Um, anyway, I want to remind everybody that these shows are archived and downloaded for free at the uh, KKNW 1150 AM archives for the original Loretta Brown show. We're also on iTunes, Podcast One, Megaphone, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, probably left some stuff out. Anyway, we're out there. You can find them and download them. Um, my guest today is a Dr. Reverend Karen Herrick, and we're talking about psychology of the soul and the paranormal. I love this conversation so much. Um, so we were talking about mediumship during the break, and... Um, Karen, I want to I want to ask you if there is something, you know, you were talking before the break about people that have been uh, traumatized. You know, they have the ability to dissociate easier than others, which is part of my personal history, right? Like getting back in the body is the hard part. Like mm, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but is there something specific about um, mediums or um psychics are they wired differently is there something that points to uh, an easier ability for them to do that are they born with it what yes yeah. well uh, i would think the ones that are really good it's a natural gift um and and somebody in their family usually had it 
Like um, they'll say, oh, well, my grandmother used to do tea leaves just for fun, right? And right. Um, because, it, it, especially if they were Catholic, you had to do it just for fun. You couldn't do it because if you if you did it to read somebody, then you had to go and um, confess, you know, <laughs> that you <laughs> committed a crime here with the the the, the reading of the leaves. Um, let's see. When I uh, when I discovered the vagus nerve, which I studied because there was this doctor Stephen Porges, who's written a great book on the polyvagal theory. That's what he calls it. But your vagus nerve is your tenth and longest nerve in your body. Comes in at the top of your head, goes around the amygdala, which is fight, flight, or frozen, and then goes down your spinal column into your heart and then into your stomach. And there's a picture of it on my you know, my third book, The Psychology of the Soul. Um, now, if you look at an, in another, some, you know, some kind of um, drawing illustration books, what they'll say is the vagus is right here. But the vagus is completely the longest nerve in your body. So I went um, and I was, I'm studying all the spiritual stuff. And I went for uh, five days up in Cape Cod and I listened to him because his book was hard to read. Uh, 40 years of research is difficult. So anyway, um, he said one thing. He said, vibration causes structure. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know why, but you know, we're given these kinds of intuitive thoughts that come from other people that are around to help us. So then um, I think the next six months, I went up to Lilydale, which is a town um, by Lake Erie that um, where mediums live in New York. And in the summer, they open the town up, you know, from like April till October, and you can go visit and stay there. So I did that. And um, and there was there's this little museum there. Uh, and I went there and um, there was this three ring notebook and I opened it up and there was this woman dying on, the, you know, looking gorgeous. And um, and then her, her body lifts and lifts and lifts. And as she goes up, there's a there's a, a string that hangs from her. Uh, abdominal area and then one from her neck so i'm thinking that's the vagus nerve intuition so uh so i said is it okay if i take pictures of this he said nobody's taken looked at that in 20 years i said okay now what it was was a medium had written a little booklet which i never have found i don't think i think she had it together to publish but as we all know those of us who have published sometimes you don't actually do the final thing and um, uh, her name was um, Clara Barnett, and uh, she taught other mediums. And so she had a, a control. She was a trance medium. Now, that's not a kind of medium we go to today, usually, because that's a medium that would fall asleep. And then somebody would translate what they were saying and tell us, like Edgar Casey um, in Virginia Beach. Um, so she had a control named uh, Dr. Jensen. and he described the vagus nerve and he gave all these illustrations which she eventually had somebody draw and uh, so I did further research at other libraries and I found articles from this little book that she had published in this um, psychic observer magazine which ran from 1925 I think till 1950 and for uh, every other week um, for two dollars a year you could get this magazine now, the only problem with the magazine is it was printed on newspaper. Oh, oh. So not a lot have lasted, right? So I'm so grateful to some of these um, 
universities that have kept and I, I got I think I had eight of Clara's articles <clears throat> and and there is this long diagram of the vagus nerve and this other long diagram of the chakra points and how mediums come in or how the spirits come in to a medium and mediums have bigger chakras than we do and when I asked um, I had a, a client that called me up <clears throat> She lived above New York State, New York City, and she said that she was a recovering alcoholic, and uh, she uh, had prayed for 90 days for God to change her life, and now she was seeing uh, negative spirits under her bed every night, and they were oh, biting yeah. and doing all these horrible things, and that she had talked to the good spirits, and they had given her my name on the internet. I never did find out how she got my name, and uh, I would help her. Well, at that time, I was president of this organization and they wanted me to speak in nine months on mediumship. I'd already spoken on the history of mediumship. I had no idea what I was going to say. So I said to her, well, I'd have to meet you. So you have to come here. And um, and I and if you and I decide we could work together, I will work with you. And we did it on the phone. Then it was even before Zoom. And um, and I won't charge you. Because in nine months, I have this talk and I'm going to use whatever happens with you and I as my talk. So she was so happy she wasn't going to be charged. <laughs> and we got along when she came down and she said, I live, my office is in the historic section of Red Bank, which is just a block long. And my house was built in 1912 here. And uh, she says, there's spirits all over the place. And I had a couple other clients tell me that when they came in, you know, there's spirit on the front porch. I said, I know I haven't met her, but I know she's there. But um, anyway, that was what I learned from her and, as, you know, that I was going to learn more. And so we we did it and we calmed down the spirits and did all that. So she only had positive ones. And if you have negative ones coming to you, just tell them to go away and wear a cross. I think that helps also. She painted her bedroom blue because blue is supposed to be the, the calmest color. And um, um, anyway, I wanted to get to the point of my story where uh, when I came back, we'll just call her Jackie, maybe. And I said, Jackie, I need to talk to your spirits because I want to ask them about this vagus nerve and silver cord. Now, the silver cord, when you leave the top of your body, the silver cord um, connects you to the oxygen in your physical body. And your spiritual body is just out there flying around, seeing your grandmother or whatever you're doing. Um, so I said, I want to ask them about the vagus nerve silver cord. So she said, Karen, they can hear you. And I said, oh, OK. So I'm sitting here talking to them. She's on the phone. And I said, um, how come this is the first time I've ever read about the vagus nerve silver cord? Is that a real thing? Are they connected? Yes. Uh, how come I haven't read about it before? Um, because they, and I, I, I wasn't smart enough then to say, what period of time are you people from, right? They didn't want it out there because then the whole, the whole world would know how to do this connection. And um, I said, oh, okay. And, um, and she said, Jackie said, as she looked in the corner of where she was, she said there was this black box and it was getting brighter and brighter. And the spirit said they liked what I was doing. They they wanted me to keep teaching what I was teaching, and that this connection would be very important. And um, and they and they said that um, the mediums have bigger holes than we have. And I said holes is that chakras? And they said yes. 
I said, okay. And um, I can't remember. It's in my book. There's a chapter in my book called The Making of a Medium. And I explain um, our sessions and everything. Um, so that's where I heard about the vagus nerve. And um, I think everybody should know about it, you know, because it really helps if you breathe into the nerve, like you breathe into the count of four, and then you breathe out with longer out breath, you can calm your whole body down from panic and post-traumatic stress. So that's why I went to Dr. Porges to learn about that part for my clients. And then I can say to somebody, if they're really interested, because not everybody who comes here is that interested, uh, but if they are interested in spirituality, also um, this nerve houses all those psychic centers where um, uh, spirit can come in and talk to a medium. I love this. And I I read this in your book and I, I it to me was like my big question <laughs> really big question. Um, you know, it, it, uh, I've actually learned um, what's called the Mune key, the death rites, right? Like how to unwind the soul and okay. set, set the spirit free. You understand about that, right? Like release it. And well, I know so, a little, I know a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So you start with the belly chakra, right? And you're unwinding and you, you work your way in a spiral method through all the chakras and then you get at the feet and you shove the soul out and let it take flight like a bird and um that i was thinking about that when you were talking going of course the vagus nerve um uh you know like so uh, the belly like i'm always about all this stuff that you're feeling in the belly yes. and when i read that in your book and i went oh my gosh the vagus it's the vagus nerve that's and right. I, I had never put that together. What I find really fascinating, you know, the silver cord, like if I exit my body, I can see the silver cord. And then if I look the other way, there's a gold cord. And okay. I don't know if you know anything about the gold cord, right? Like I don't have a lot of information about it other than my own personal experience. And then, like I said, my my joke was that today we're talking uh, just before the, the silver gate portal, the Aldebaran gateway that is connected to the to the realm of the dead. Right. 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 So I'm really paying attention to everything you're saying. And, and I got light bulbs going off, although I'm telling you right now, I don't know what that means. But I, I, I wanted to give you those connector points because for you, you know, you're so uh, uh, well uh, researched and adept that maybe there's something in that for you. Um, this vagus nerve. Um, and I want you to just take a, a little bit longer and explain to people how you um, activate, stimulate, or, or or release the vagus nerve, because I think this is primarily important. We're coming out of this pandemic, and, and I know I'm waiting for them to get a code for post-pandemic stress syndrome, right? Like, everybody has been so activated, everybody's fears, everybody's phobias, everything's coming to the top. You know, this mental health is, and spiritual health, as far as I'm concerned, are off the chart, and people are in spiritual crisis. I'm, I'm seeing people popping open and not knowing what to do with it. You know, my job is to work with that realm. So could you talk just a little bit more about that vagus nerve? I do chanting and humming, and I know humming is important, but talk about this breath. Please. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The chanting and the humming. And, and I also have, um, uh, if I have a client that, you know, has a lot of anxiety I and likes to sing, well then 
join the church choir because singing is wonderful for, for the nerves. So that's great. You're, you're on, uh, you know so much, you really do. Um, so the vagus nerve, <clears throat> when you, let's just say you want to breathe in to the count of four. So you just start to do that, you know, breathe in, and then you're going to breathe out. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Does it 12, matter if it's 10, nose or mouth? Um, some people say it does. It, it doesn't matter to me, but you can breathe in and then breathe out your nose. And whatever yeah. works for you, where you feel, because you will feel that your body is calming down. What's key is the longer out breath. So some people even hold their breath. You know, and um, so you just breathe in short and breathe out as long as you now when if you keep trying to do that, that's not your normal way of breathing. So it doesn't feel comfortable. But the more that you practice that, the more like if you can't get to sleep at night and you do that breathing, that will help. Because the reason usually we can't get to sleep is our brain hasn't turned off and we're thinking or concerned about something, even if we don't know that. So um, so that's what you do. And you just continue to do that. And then it may be to read something spiritual also to have some you know spiritual material around or one of those little 365 a day books where you can just read something for today or look up in the in the index for anxiety or, you know whatever you're feeling and read that day and then just keep breathing and that will help you calm down from the day's you know worries or activities uh, and whatever you're concerned about so many people are so concerned about the world and i just tell them all you can handle right now and do unless you have a lot of money and you want to back some people here is take care of your world so how can we make your world calmer? And maybe we don't want to watch the news all the time. And especially before we go to sleep. Yeah, good idea. Right? <laughs> Stop with that fear porn. Stop yes, it. Yes, right? it's, you know. it's true. Yeah. But um, that's wonderful. I haven't heard about the golden cord, so that's another thing. Okay, you could check that out and, 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 and let me know, right? Oh, I will, I will. Uh, yeah for sure um it brings up so many questions um that the silver cord and the vagus nerve so when people pass away because you alluded to this a little bit earlier where you watched this connection between and you bring this out in your book also like spoiler alert but um that when people die that that vagus nerve, that silver cord is real important. So talk a little bit more about what happens when someone dies. Okay. What is the part that continues on? And we have pictures that of that, illustrations in, in my book. Yes. Um, but okay, so you, you have number one, the news is that as humans, we have two bodies. We have the physical body and we have a spiritual body. And it says that in the Bible, St. Paul tells that. And um, so what does that mean? That means that when you are born in utero, um, an atom is placed in um, in mom, and this atom is going to be your spiritual body, and it grows along with you. So you have this little miniature of you growing inside of you, and usually that is placed in the solar plexus when you know when we're not activating it. And most of the time, you're not activating it. Most of the time, when people get to see their to feel their soul is when they die. And that is the connection because the soul now 
has come from above and placed in you. Now it has to go back. So, okay, so what happens when um, it's activated that it's time to die? All right, now I have something that I've written down here, and I'm going to read it to you. Um, how the soul leaves the physical body. So you have to think about this little tiny spiritual body inside that's a miniature of you in your solar plexus. And um, around the ears, people say they hear this whirring noise. And um, it sends out an impulse to change rotation of the body. So I don't know if the body's going clockwise, it goes counterclockwise. Now, if vibration is now getting stronger. Now, remember what Ford just said, vibration causes structure. So this vagus nerve then becomes a channel, you know, um, and this activates the sacrum through the vagus in the middle of your sympathetic and parasympathetic section of the nervous system as chemicals are being released. Now, spirits say that they we have they have spirit chemicals just like we have chemicals here. And this energy pierces the center of your skull as you're going up and remember it's vibrating. And you're going up and where your uh, soft spot used to be, you leave. So now when you leave, when you're going to die, the silver cord takes you so far. And then um, usually it would come out of your stomach and out of your neck. And it would just, well, in the Bible, it says it is cut. So I thought, who cuts it? But nobody cuts it. It stops vibrating. So if it stops vibrating, it loosens by itself, okay? Um, and it pierces the center of your skull where the mandula oblongata and the pineal gland open the top chakra. People usually hear a click in the head area, which results in leaving one's body, expanding their consciousness, which either death, out of body, or near death. And this bodily energy would be like the energy that powers the orgasmic response. So I think. That is wonderful just to know that. And some people can't have a hard time. If this is the first time that you are hearing that you have two bodies, it's going to seem weird. So <laughs> you need to think about it for a while, however long that, but it, it makes so much sense to me. Yeah. So um, well, going through the vagus nerve, I believe that's the tunnel of the near death experience because that's dark, no windows in there. And then they don't know where memory is. But the vagus nerve keeps track of about what two thirds of what happens in your body. So the vagus nerve goes up there. And um, why isn't that memory? Because spirits have memories. And they don't have a brain anymore. Okay. So uh, and, and then I would think that the vagus nerve, when you're reincarnated, you get that same old vagus nerve back. Um, and then that's how you remember past lives, if you do. Wow. Um, thank you for that. I've had uh, a couple of near-death experiences, and um, I'm just sitting with this whole thing going, yeah, that fits right in there. Um, we are down to, like, so little time left. Um, <laughs> yeah, so little time left, like two minutes left. Um, what, what, I guess I'm just going to give you uh, the mic for a minute or two. What would you really like to say to people, um, regarding all of this? Uh, I'm just going to let you, um, kind of close the show out. 
Well, I think what I would like you to know is that there is a higher intelligence in the world that has that knows you have a plan. Carl Jung said that you have your soul has a purpose and your job is to find out what that purpose is. And that surprises so many people. Um, so you could do that yourself or you could do it trying to maybe read my book, read things that Loretta has recommended and find out uh, more about your soul. And your soul, of course, has these calm and peaceful verbs. And when you're coming from your soul, it would be a lot different than the material world. But you do have a, a purpose. Uh, you have a guardian angel. You have spiritual guides. You have deceased loved ones um, that are trying to give you messages every day. And they're giving you thoughts. So any thoughts that you receive, uh, if I get them, like if I get a thought three times, I know it's not my thought. I pay attention. Who could that be? And what does that have to do with what's going on in my life now? So that you are guided. And there are people that really care. And if you want to know what your loved ones want to tell you, make an appointment at a medium with a medium and, you know, get a recommendation from someone who's been to a medium because they're just like therapists. They're good ones and bad ones like anything else. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you go to somebody that people trust and you can get all kinds of information that you never thought you had access to. I love it so much. So a Dr. Reverend Karen Herrick. PhD and a whole bunch of other titles after your name. <laughs> Thank you for being on my show, Psychology of the Soul and the Paranormal. Um, Karen, what's your website? KarenEHerrick.com. Okay, and there's and lots of free podcasts on there and um, other information that you can get. All right. Everybody, enjoy the week, enjoy the sunshine, and connect to the Silvergate portal. <laughs> and make sure... You're breathing in and then longer exhale and let's calm down those vagus nerves and uh, get off of that. Get off the uh, TV. Love you right. all so much. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. <laughs>